welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, is my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, hello from across the country. Yes, hello from across the country. Congratulations on the move, sir. Thank you. So would you like would you like to inform the the audience as to where the fuck we've been for the last week? Because there's been literally nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought you were doing stuff with Jake. Well, Jake was also away. <laughs> oh, conveniently. Yes. Sorry, sorry about that. Well, I'm sure he's in. Why? Why are you sorry? You had you you moved. You moved. You left me. Honestly, after that Patriots game, I wouldn't blame Jake for fleeing the country. <laughs> if what if that's what he was doing? No, no. Sadly, he did. He did actually visit a winning sports town, though. Dallas, Texas. Oh, I was about to say, I'm like. Tampa Bay? No, I was kidding. <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Great place. Great place. But yeah, it, it, it inform the people. Inform the people. So I have moved to Provo, Utah, which is why the acoustics of where I'm talking is not the same as they usually are. Um, so I'm doing this from my apartment in Utah with on my laptop because I didn't bring my PC. So very interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, took a new job working at an ad agency editing podcast, just like this one. And well, not this one specifically, but it's more like travel marketing. So I don't think they would really um, have a market for two Long Islanders who swear about sports. I mean, there's always a market for that. There's case always in, a case, market for case two Long point. Islanders that swear about sports. Come on now. Case, case in point us true true this is this is why you listen um yeah so adam has moved across the country and with that uh the recording schedule is going to be a little different uh the plan is going to be and we're going to try this out i think we're going to try this out sunday adam if we're if i'm not mistaken i think the plan is that we're going to try and record before the sunday night game do the um, the review of the week for Sunday night and then do a waiver show Monday night. And then the re the preview show for the week will be the normal Thursday, Friday routine. Um, but basically you're going to be hearing everything a day earlier than you normally would. So I guess that's good for you. The, the, the listener of the podcast that now will have everything at your fingertips just a day earlier, but yeah, so that's kind of the deal. So normally what you're used to is, you know, the podcast being out, uh, 12, one o'clock Monday, and then 12, one o'clock Tuesday. Now it's going to be, you're going to have it at your fingertips come at the earliest Sunday night, if not Monday morning for the, uh, for the review show. And then for the waiver show, same thing with Tuesday morning. And then the preview show for the week is just going to be the same as, as usual. And then of course, uh, the mailbag. So yeah, we will, um, you know, we're going to try out that schedule, see how it works, and uh, hopefully it does. And I think it will. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So basically, since, you know, waivers at this point, you know, it's 11 o'clock or no, it's uh, 10, it's 1030 Eastern time where you are. Yeah. And it's 830 here. But uh, most of the time, you know, like at this point, you probably put your waiver claims in. So we're not even going to touch that. We're going to do something that's interesting that I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been clamoring for, 
you know, looking at different players, whether or not you, you know, buy, buy low, sell high, keep them for future potential value. And especially with a lot of the injuries that happened over this week, it is really pertinent to, to know what to do with these players. Cause there's some players that you could legitimately sell high on just so you can get out of that situation. I can think of one specifically who is on my team in the non-co-own that I could potentially sell high on or just keep him because of the injury to his uh, handcuff. Does his name potentially rhyme with Sathew Mafford? No, it actually rhymes with Seneth Sainwell. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. I say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Definitely. I guess and it should be Geneth Canewell. Geneth Canewell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I just want to point out that a lot of these two, like a lot of the names that I have uh, written down on my sheet here, uh, I did take from the mailbag. So, you know, we had some questions this week that we unfortunately didn't do the mailbag. As you know, I, you know, sorry, didn't have anybody to do the mailbag with, but we did have some questions about guys, you know, and what to do with them. So, uh, you know, once we give once we give hours, um, you know, I have a few from quarterback, a few from running back, a few from receiver, tight end. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, get those questions answered. So I guess you can kind of consider this like a mini mailbag, so to speak. Yeah. Wait, what's going on with Matt Stafford? What's going on with Matt Stafford? I'm like, because I said injury to... Like, oh, I didn't hear. The, I didn't. I didn't hear the injury part. I was going off with the sell high part, and I was thinking maybe you're going to go with uh, Matthew Stafford. But oh, yes, I well, was wrong. Matthew Stafford is definitely a sell high. Is, I was wrong. It's okay. Thank you. Um, I think it used to actually being in the, in Mountain Time. I have to get used to seeing all the different start times because you know it's 11 a.m. and then 2:05 or 2:25 and then 6:20 for the Sunday night game for the primetime games, basically. That's which different. Honestly, which honestly is nice. I kind of like having the primetime games. At like yeah. Hell yeah. You, you can, you're done at nine 30 and you can do whatever you want. Meanwhile, you know, the Sunday night game gets done at 1130. I'm ready to just crawl into bed. Yep. So do you want to go first for uh, quarterbacks? Sure. So what, what do you want to do first? Do you want to do, um, well, first of all, how many do you want to give? Do you want to give, maybe two, two each, and then we can resort to uh, the mailbag. Do you want to give three each? Or uh, buy low, so. sell high? I mean, y- you pick. Two each sounds good. Two each. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, buy low, or do you want to start with a sell high? Uh, let's go with the, honestly, I mean, I was going to say let's go with the positive first, but I mean, they can both be positive and or negative. So, um, Let's go with the sell high. Uh, okay, we could do, we could do a, a little sell high first. Um, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. It's not that I think you know we, we've talked about Kirk Cousins a whole lot on, on, the, on this podcast, and it's not like I think that his schedule is so bad. It's just more of you don't know what Kirk Cousins you're going to get at any given time. Are you going to get the Kirk Cousins that was a 10 and a 13 point guy in weeks four and five, you're going to get the 20 point Kirk cousins that was there in weeks one through three. And then week six, 
has a matchup center against Dallas. You know, he should be able to to put some points on the board. I, I would I would think probably another maybe a, a 275 and three touchdown game could be in store for for Kirk Cousins. That wouldn't surprise me uh, in the slightest. But then he has Baltimore and then he has the Los Angeles Chargers in weeks nine and weeks 10. So you can definitely get something nice for Kirk Cousins right now. Uh, again, it all depends on league size. Like I think in, t- in 10 team leagues, you're probably not going to get anything for Kirk Cousins just because, you know, in a lot of spots, he is on waivers in, in 10 team leagues. But I think if you're in 12 team leagues, if you're in 14 team leagues, and if you're in Superflex, yeah, you can get something good for Kirk Cousins. It just depends on what your other option is. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be slamming the desk to go get Kirk Cousins. But if you're trying to trade, you know, like for like for, for a quarterback, maybe you can do a Kirk Cousins for a, I mean, maybe if you have the roster space and you can afford it, maybe you trade Kirk Cousins for Russell Wilson and hope that Russell Wilson is back in a couple of weeks. Maybe that's something that you could do. Um, just just an idea that you can uh, kind of throw around. But yeah, Kirk Cousins for me, that's a uh, that's a sell high. And, and I think that's one, you know, am I slamming the desk for you to sell high on Kirk Cousins? No, no. But, you know, I don't know how good of a start he's going to be, you know, for weeks nine, week 10. So, I mean, if you can, if you could have that guy on your bench, then do it. But if you can get something for him, I think that's the, uh, the wise way to go. You know, I think that what a lot of people say with sell highs is that there's the implication that you're going to sell high on this player because he's going to fall off a cliff and, or like just not perform as well because of either like schedule or just, you know, fall, regressing to the mean. But I think that a guy who is a good sell high where if you have another option who is just as good, like Kirk Cousins, like Ryan Tannehill, potentially you got in later rounds, you could trade somebody like a Jalen Hurts or even Kyler and get a position of need, especially at this point in the season where you, this is like probably the most important part of the season leading up into playoff time, trying to get your team settled. If you have a solid, a solid backup quarterback option, you could definitely get away with trading Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray for like a pretty solid tier one or tier two running back slash wide receiver. You see, that's, that's an interesting one because I don't know if you can get a tier one running back or receiver, but if you were to say to me, say I'm the Amari Cooper owner and the, and the Patrick Mahomes owner comes to me and says, I'll give you Patrick Mahomes for Amari Cooper. I could be moved on that. I, I, I think I could. Patrick Mahomes for Adam Thielen. Yeah, I'd be moved on that. My gut reaction to the Mahomes thing, I mean, just as far as like conditioning, I was like, what the fuck? Patrick Mahomes for Amari Cooper? Well, yeah, I mean, you would do that. You have the the injury to worry about now with Mahomes. But, you know, I think that that's something that I would consider, you know, given we take the injury out of the equation and we just go based on how Mahomes has been. You know, if you could turn Mahomes into an Amari Cooper, you turn Mahomes to an Adam Thielen, I think it's pretty good. But I don't think anybody's really doing a Mahomes for a for a DK Metcalf. Let's say I don't think I don't think the DK Metcalf manager would go ahead and do that. that that's just me. Probably not because Metcalf is still like incredible. Yeah, I mean he really needed. He had one play that really uh, salvaged a night for him on Monday night, but. Yeah, he, he, he is very, very, very good. And he'll only be better when, when Russell Wilson is back. And I think it's the same for, for Tyler Lockett as well. That play that looked like 
borderline pass interference, offensive pass interference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'll take it. I want I want to match up with uh, with that one. So thanks, DK. Yeah. Well, I had Alvin Kamara and Jason Myers, so at least I won in, in one league this week. Hey, you uh, you got rewarded for holding on to Kamara for all this time, and of course, I was playing Alvin Kamara in two separate leagues. So the more things change, the more they say the same. When Alvin Kamara plays me, he decides to go off. Um, who is another sell high for you? Um, you mentioned him, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's he is just one that continues to just completely bewilder. I mean, his numbers flat out suck. And I, I mean, they are awful, but he's still finding ways to get the job done. Number two quarterback in fantasy right now. He gets it done with his legs. A lot of his numbers have really come in garbage time. I mean, he's, he, I can give you a great example. You know, when I, when the, I was watching the games on Sunday, Jalen Hurts was basically sitting at seven or eight points for a good while against the Raiders. And then the fourth quarter came along when they were down 20 points and all they had to do was throw, 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 throw. And Jalen Hurts came back and he gave me a very respectable showing. I don't know if you want to be really going with a heart attack Hurts for the remainder of the season. I, I just kind of think, you know, you can get away with selling Jalen Hurts. You could pitch him as a number two fantasy quarterback and you can go get someone that maybe isn't as volatile as Jalen Hurts is. Now, are you going to find someone in a straight-up trade for Jalen Hurts that provides as much rushing upside as Jalen does? Probably not, but you want stability at the position. I mean, you could maybe you get a hold of Matthew Stafford. Maybe you get a hold of Tom Brady. Um, maybe you get a hold of, I think a great one could be, if you're looking in this direction, maybe, maybe, you know, you could sell with the consistency of Jalen being a 20 point guy every single week. Maybe you trade Jalen Hurts for a Dak Prescott. That could be something that I would probably consider. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts for me, that's an absolute 100% sell high. Uh, I would hope that you could probably get away with selling Jalen, but you know, if you keep him, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. Like I have him in a two quarterback and I, I do enjoy having Jalen. He's very consistent, but the journey is not easy with him at all. So, but has a nice matchup this weekend against the Lions. So I would expect a pretty solid day from, uh, from Jalen. But then again, it is Jalen heart attack hurts. Here's the thing. So you're basically like you're counting on the Eagles being shit in all of their games for Jalen hurts to, be successful, I guess. Cause mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, they got blown out by Tampa Bay. They were in the process of getting blown out by the Raiders and Jalen hurts had like two out of the, out of his four best games against both of those teams. And that, and that was the past two weeks where he had 24.4 points against Tampa Bay buoyed on two rushing touchdowns. And then, um, he had 23.1 points against the Raiders. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a guy that makes me want to double check the math for scoring. Because oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, you, you are 100% right. I will say, though, there's one thing that I do disagree with that you said. It's that you're relying on Jalen, on the Eagles to be shit. I don't think the Eagles have to necessarily be shit for Jalen Hurts to be good. Because 
like we said, I think this goes back to the whole pre-draft process. And when I talked about holding quarterbacks that have that rush at solid rushing floor to a much higher degree, that's what Jalen hurts is Jalen hurts. His foundation is, is what he can do with his legs. If he was a strict pocket passer, say he has these numbers and he's Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady doesn't provide the rushing upside that Jalen Hurts does. Tom Brady has numbers that Jalen Hurts has. Tom Brady's probably a top, not even a top 15 quarterback in fantasy. But Jalen Hurts has that solid rushing upside. Now, a lot of his work, and this is where I do agree with you, Adam, is a lot of the work has come in garbage time. Do do we think that the Eagles are just going to turn it around and be and be a team that all of a sudden is going to dominate games? Probably not. The, the, the Eagles suck. Where now you have Jalen Hurts, who is the quarterback of a shitty team. They're going to be throwing a lot late in games, and he's got a very solid rushing floor. It has, it has all the recipe to be a very solid fantasy situation. But again, I, th- I just think that where I'm telling you know people right now to sell high, it just comes from the fact that it's just going to be a rough journey getting there. And yeah, there's going to be, there are going to be games for Jalen Hurts that are going to be, they're going to be letdowns. I mean, that that's just going to be par for the course with him. Uh, if we're looking at the, uh, his fantasy playoff schedule, all NFC East opponents, Washington, the Giants, both at home, so good. And then at Washington, if you want to look more in depth at his schedule, the rest of the way, period, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm not even going to lie at Detroit then at home versus the Chargers, at Denver, at home versus New Orleans, then two games at the Meadowlands against the Giants and the Jets. Then he has a late bye. Then it's Washington, Giants, Washington. That concludes his fantasy schedule. So not bad, not bad. You can make a case that he could be a good buy. I think he's more of a good sell because I think you can get something pretty solid for him and something that will be a bit more consistent throughout four quarters for for Jalen Hurts. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a – like you're gonna be if you're gonna be buying Jalen Hurts, you might end up paying too much for him because he is the because the owner of Jalen Hurts could say, oh, well, he's the number two quarterback in fantasy. He has all this rushing upside. Absolutely. No, absolutely so absolutely. You need to give me more for uh Jalen Hurts than what you think his value is, just because of you know his stats. Like, listen, it's a it's a it's a journey getting there, but he's but the stats are there. He still has, he gets there. He gets there. Still hasn't gone under twenty points this season, which I mean, you don't you don't see that a lot from a lot of quarterbacks. No, no. I mean, I, I'm just gonna kind of go through here, and I I don't think yeah, Mahomes has had two games under twenty. Kyler's had two games under twenty. I don't think Josh Allen has. Josh Allen has had wow, he's at three games under 20. Wow, okay. I was dead wrong on that one. Uh Lamar's had a couple games under 20. I know that for a fact. Brady has had a couple games under 20. I know that for a fact. Rogers had week one where he was under 20. Dak has been under 20. Justin Herbert was under 20 against Baltimore. I know that for a concrete fact. So unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, exactly, Adam. So yeah, I mean. You're you're 100 right. It, it it really is very uncommon to see that level of consistency with a quarterback. But again, it all comes down to that solid rushing floor that Jalen Hurts does in fact provide. And you know, I just think at the at the end of the day, say what you want about him as a legit NFL quarterback. And I, I honestly, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that good as as a legit NFL quarterback. But as a fantasy option, 
I mean, the guy averages basically 23 points a game. You you take that from, from your quarterback position. And, and again, is the ceiling there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if really Jalen has a week where he's a 35, 40-point guy. But is he going to be consistently a 20, 25-point guy week in, week out? Yeah. But again, it all comes down to, like I said before, and I've said time and time again, the journey and you know what you can get for, for Jalen if you want to really just go – plunge your fantasy playoff hopes into a guy that really, you know, you're going to be sitting at in the third quarter of certain games and he's going to have nine or 10 points. And you're going to be saying to yourself, what the fuck, you know? Exactly. And I mean, that's kind of my point earlier of trading Jalen Hurts or somebody like him who has a hot start to the season for a player who can fill a another hole in your roster if you have a solid backup option and that that sort of thing makes the strategy even more viable but really i mean i don't know i wouldn't fault you for holding on to jalen hurts at this point no i i wouldn't i wouldn't either but again it all comes down to what you can get for and if it's if you think it's worth moving yep um, my buy or uh, my sell high is Matthew Stafford. Obviously, that's a good one. I mean, pretty obvious. Um, you know, he has looked like a changed man with Los Angeles. I mean, what wonder, what wonders talent does to a guy's career. I mean, he has looked really, really good. And even the funniest thing in the world is the Rams just absolutely murder the giants one o'clock start you know west coast team going to the east coast absolute complete domination sean McVay is like well fuck this team i hate how this team played in the first drive i'm like i wish that i have those problems i wish the jets had those problems yeah i mean they do have those problems but they're not winning 38 to 11 well they do have shitty first drives the problem is is that they have a shitty second drive third drive, fourth drive, fifth drive, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've looked great. Uh, Matthew Stafford looks like he's found Calvin Johnson 2.0 in Cooper cup. Like it's God. ridiculous. God, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think Matthew Stafford's another guy where, I mean, it's amazing that you got him in the late rounds. And if you have a high, if you have like, Let's say you have Patrick Mahomes and then you were like, you know, let's take a flyer on Matt Stafford because I know that he could be pretty good this year. And you're disappointed with Patrick Mahomes. You could definitely trade Patrick Mahomes and keep Matt Stafford. And I wouldn't blame you in the slightest. And how fucking crazy is it that I just said that sentence? It's pretty fucking crazy. You just said that sentence. And it's true. It is very true. And this all goes, this all goes back to the conversation that we had in the preseason Adam and I had this conversation. I feel like how for however long we've been doing podcasts together, Adam, we've had the conversation of it makes zero fucking sense to draft quarterbacks early because quarterbacks are always replaceable. And this is a great fucking example. Matthew Stafford and Jalen Hurts. I'll even put Jalen Hurts in this example. We're both drafted as round 13, 14 quarterbacks. They barely were drafted. And Stafford, I would say more so than than Hurts, but definitely later than guys like Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was the first quarterback off the board in a lot of spots. 
And Patrick now Mahomes we're was talking a first about first round pick in in many leagues. Yeah, yeah. And now we're talking about trading Patrick Mahomes, the guy who was drafted, let's say third round median, for Matthew Stafford, who was basically round, maybe round ten, round eleven. That's that's the landscape. That's the world that we live in. And 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 if you if you need more to aid the why shouldn't you be drafting quarterbacks in the first couple rounds? Well, th- what more do you need? Quarterback is just such a replaceable position. You don't need to be going out of your way and drafting a Patrick Mahomes or a, or a Josh Allen. It's it's just matter of fact. Um, but yeah, I I would agree with the Stafford sell high. I think it really just depends on um, what you're kind of getting in return and what your options are. But yeah, there aren't I mean, a lot of quarterbacks I think that I would be trading Matthew Stafford for. Like I think you would need to get an elite, elite option if you're going to be trading Matthew Stafford, unless you have one, unless you have one at the ready. So I do actually have uh, one question from the mailbag. This comes from Tanner. Uh, Adam, where's Tanner from? Tanner's from Provo, Utah. Oh, he's your neighbor. Yes. He listens to the podcast. Isn't that just wonderful? Uh, Tanner through the says, walls and through the air. Isn't that just beautiful? Wonderful, yes. wonderful, wonderful stuff. Tanner asks, what would you command in a trade where you're getting rid of Josh Allen? Well, that is quite the question. It's a big question. It's a big question. I know my answer. I would say, I mean, listen, Josh Allen's been really good this year. He has. After a slow start, you know, after a slow start, he's looked really good. You know, that one game, that game against Houston where the Bills just like fucking blew them out of the water. Sure, Mm -hmm. 19.1 points. But, you know, against Washington, against Kansas City, against Tennessee, very, very solid outings, 36, 36.9, 35.9, 28 And, you know, the rushing upside is still there. Honestly, I think you could probably get, not even probably, I think you can get a first-round running back out of Josh Allen. That's basically what I was going to say. You need to be getting a top 12 guy, top 12 skill position guy, running back or receiver for, for Josh Allen. That would, that would be the, the play. For me. Uh, do you want to just hit on um, by lows very quickly and we can move on to the running backs? Yes. All right. So we'll just do a little rapid fire on the, uh, on the, on the by lows. Uh, you want to give your by low first? Uh, yeah. Gino Smith. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gino. I feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I mean, really, really though, thinking about it, there really aren't a lot of quarterbacks that you can really buy low on. I think the obvious one is Russell Wilson. I, I think that's, that's a very good one where if Russell Wilson's on a team that, um, you know, struggling right now and they need a quarterback long-term. Yeah. And you're sitting at, say you're sitting at five and two, four and three. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Wilson. That's that. That's, I think the, the, the best buy low option right now. You know, it's funny. We had all this hullabaloo, you know, all this like craziness, came out of this guy getting traded in the offseason. And he's quietly having a, like a really solid season. Carson Wentz. Yeah. You know, outside of week three against Tennessee, where he had seven points, you know, 
I mean, that's a, that's solid. That's a solid, that's a solid quarterback right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think he's fantastic. He's been, he's fantastic in, in two QB because he's exactly what you want. He's a guy that's going to be just steady as a second quarterback. hundred percent. Now in 10 team leagues, I think you could probably do better as far as, you know, the, the ceiling, because it really isn't one with Carson Wentz. But if you're looking for a floor guy, oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I could tell you I've started Carson Wentz this year. I absolutely have. There's no shame. No, he's been great. I actually think I started him against um against Houston. I did. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. 16.6. Yep. Very um, steady. Very steady from the Matt Carson Wentz. Yes. All right. So do you have any other ones? You want to move on to running backs? I would move on to running backs. Why not? Okay. So the obvious sell high, let's just get out of the way. Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, we can get that. We can get that one out of the way. Um, yeah, I think it's a great one. I think it really depends on, again, if you can get a low end wide receiver two, low end RB two slash high end flex for Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, you do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely. Um, another guy, speaking of backup running backs, another guy that, He's a sell high in the sense that you don't know how like the window of opportunity for trading him because the guy who's injured that he's replacing has no timetable. He doesn't have a timetable for his injury. It's Alex Collins of the Seahawks. Mm. We don't know how long Chris Carson is going to be out for still. We don't know how long Chris Carson is going to be out for. I mean, you could definitely get away with, selling high on Alex Collins. I mean, it's not that high. I mean, it was, he kind of put up a stinker against new Orleans, but I mean, if somebody wants like needs a running back is desperate for a running back, you could probably get something for him. Yeah. You can get something for him. But the problem is that a lot of people don't really want to be in that, that Seattle mess because they were using Rashad Penny. You had DJ Dallas, Travis Homer's there. They wanted to use a lot of different guys Monday night. And there was a there was a point in that game, I'm not even kidding you, where I texted one of my boys and said, I think Alex Collins is hurt because I just, I just didn't see him. And then he got a little bit of a run in the third quarter, and, and they just kept on feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. But, you know, it just comes down to, is that a situation that you really want to go and be in? And – for me, the answer is no. So it's just why I think the sell high is good, is a good call. I think that's actually just a sell. Like, yeah, the, you know, I guess it's probably just a sell. I mean, yeah, you're not really selling high. You're just selling. Get what you can. Get what you can for, and you'll be better. You'll be better off for it. Yeah, um, I have an actual sell high. It's DeAndre Swift. Oh. <laughs> See, I actually like Swift going forward, especially in non PPR. Yes. Non PPR. It doesn't I mean I don't. That. It doesn't mean you don't like the guy. It means that you can get something. Even you can get something really good for him that can fill another position. Because isn't that the point of trades? Is trying to fill other holes on your roster. Yeah, yeah. This, so then Derrick Henry is a great sell high. Well, don't be trading Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is, is is he's fantastic. I love the guy. Yes. 
he that's is great. The best first round co-owned pick of all time. Probably future number one overall pick in 2022. I don't think that's a bad shout at all. I don't think it's a bad shout at all. Yeah. When, we, we, yeah go ahead. Swift. Go ahead. Like Swift, he's looked really good uh, this year in Detroit. It really terrible. Well, it's not even that bad of an offense in Detroit. Not as bad as we thought, but he's getting a lot of PPR work. Um, we didn't, you know, people were afraid of Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is like a non-factor. And DeAndre Swift has really gone off. Aside from like two down weeks at Green Bay and at Chicago. Don't play him against AFC, uh, NFC North teams. Done. Except he scored 22.4 points against Minnesota. Play him against NFC North teams named Minnesota. Yeah. No, no. But- DeAndre, DeAndre Swift in PPR. He's fantastic. He, he's he's absolutely terrific. You now, if you can get a nice haul for him, yeah, you absolutely, absolutely go and do that. But, again, it, it all comes down to, is it something that people really want to do? Like, Well, here's the thing. Let's, yeah, say, sure. let's say you're in a dynasty league, mm-hmm. and you are in a position that uh, you were, we were talking about this on before we came on, on to record. You're in a dynasty league. You're three and four, two and five, even one and six. And your best player is DeAndre Swift. And you need to rebuild like yesterday. You can trade DeAndre Swift for either like some really good young guys or multiple first round picks. Yeah, but see, see for me, DeAndre Swift is that young guy that I would, I would want to build around. So I think I would tear it down around him. But yes, you, you can trade Swift for very, very good assets in Keeper and Dynasty. Yes, that that point is correct. But what I think, if I'm on a rebuilding team and Swift is like my number one guy, am I looking to trade him necessarily to facilitate a rebuild? I guess it depends on what you're getting. It depends on what you're getting. Like if I'm only getting one first round rookie pick for DeAndre Swift, I'm not doing it. It's going to have to require a lot more. Yeah, probably like a good, like a, I don't know, like maybe like a Jonathan Taylor or a Nick Chubb and a first round pick. Even then, even then, I think that's a lot to give. Like if I think if you could say that you're getting DeAndre Swift for two first round rookie picks next year and the year after. And then maybe trying to think of a young running back, like maybe a James Robinson. Let's just say, yeah, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. But would I be going and trading Swift for that? If that's my best player? No, I wouldn't personally. It's funny how last season, you know, we all thought because DeAndre Swift was drafted, like we all thought that DeAndre Swift was going to be like amazing. And then he had that really slow start to 2020 and everybody thought he was a bust, but then he just broke out in the middle of the season. I drafted him and I just, and like I dropped him in the middle of the season and I immediately regretted it because at that point he was amazing. I dropped him too. After that point he was amazing. So I dropped him too. So yeah. Anyway, who do you got? All right, sell high for me. 
I'm going with Joe Mixon. Very, very touchdown dependent. That's what I'm looking at. He's had one week where he's posted two weeks, two weeks. He's at two weeks where he's posted more than 20 points out of seven. That's not good enough. Coming off of a touchdown against the Ravens, I said touchdowns in the last three or four. Going up against the Jets this week. Uh, that game's not going to be fun. No. Pray for Joe Mixon to have a big day and then sell high. That's one that I'm encouraging. Get what you can. If you can get a very solid replacement for Joe Mixon, I think that's great. Very, very great. If you could go ahead and do that. The next one, and this is a, this is kind of bordering on sell high and buy low. I think you could probably put this guy in for both. Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. Here's what I was selling high on McCaffrey. He's been injured all season. You're selling the name and Christian McCaffrey is always going to have a name. Here's what I would say for the sell high aspect. If you're three and four, two and five, and you're needing a win, you got to trade McCaffrey. You got to trade him to a team, preferably that is contending for a championship because they're going to see McCaffrey dangling in front of them. And they may be more inclined to go ahead and bite on that gamble because McCaffrey, McCaffrey comes back to that team that's sitting there at six and one, five and two. Uh, that team is going to be a powerhouse. That's where the buy low comes in. Now the gamble is who's the quarterback for the Panthers. Sam Donald got benched. PJ Walker was brought in. Is Sam Donald the starter for this week? I don't know. Nobody seems to know. I've been asking around about it. Nobody seems to know what the deal is with Carolina and who the starter is going to be. Matt Rule probably doesn't even know. Probably not. If I had to guess, I would say it's Donald. If I had to go ahead and guess. But the Panthers need to keep winning games. Some way, somehow. Otherwise, McCaffrey's not coming back. So you could be in a position where you could sell McCaffrey now. And if he doesn't come back, congratulations, you win that trade by a lot and you have some pieces to work with. But if he does come back, you just gave a six and one, five and two team, basically a pathway to a championship. So if that, if he does come back, you might be accused of collusion. You might be accused of something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a dangerous, dangerous game to play. And that actually, this was a question on the mailbag about, about McCaffrey. And I think I think I just answered it. Is so what was the question? The, the question was: Is Christian McCaffrey a buy low or a sell high? The answer oh. is he's both. the The answer is he's both, and it the just it just depends. No it depends on your situation. Depends on what your record is. Depends on what your team looks like. Depends on your areas of need. Like if you if you can get a solid a solid RB two and a wide receiver two right now for McCaffrey, yeah, I think you could probably do that you know i think that this is going to sound weird coming from me but i think a good buy low you know in the same vein as russell wilson potentially is saquon barkley the only thing i didn't like about saquon is his injury history and that combined with the price as far as draft capital you're gonna have to pay to select Saquon Barkley. Now that you can get him at a low value because he's injured, 
now. And he might be coming back next week or the week after. Um, I mean, if he is at full health in that offense that, you know, is missing receivers, he's going to be the guy. He could be really good for you. It just depends on what Saquon Barkley you're getting. Yeah. And again, I, I think it all lines up with the Christian McCaffrey take. Saquon Barkley could probably very easily apply to that as well. Now, I think I think I, I will go on record and say I think there's a better chance of Barkley coming back sooner than McCaffrey. But again, it all depends on what Barkley are you getting. And I, I said it, I said it over the weekend. I forgot who I said it to, but I said, how are you going to feel when Daniel Jones eventually leaves the Giants and is good? Because Daniel Jones has been dealt a really raw hand. You know, he's... God, they said the same thing about Sam Darnold, and look where we are now. It, it MetLife Stadium had to have been built on an ancient Native American burial ground or something. I'm and pretty sure the, Jimmy Hoffa was white. And the... God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, That's a bad Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, God. Pretty run off the air. Um <laughs> I actually I have a sell high in this. Actually, that was, that was a question. myth, and that was Giant Stadium. True. This <laughs> this was actually a, mail, a mailbag question, and and this comes from James. Uh, Adam, where's James from? James is from Newark, New Jersey. I don't know if he's gonna like this one so much, depending on uh, depending on what his allegiances are. But he asked, "What is the sell high value for someone like Damian Harris right now?" And Damian Harris oh. is, an, is a fantastic sell high. Five touchdowns on the year, four touchdowns in the last three weeks. Soft matchups for him. I mean, for for me, if you, if you can get yourself, that's a really tough one. If you could get yourself, maybe you turn Damian Harris in a piece into Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I do that. The interesting thing about that is you're going to have Damian Harris. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson was inactive. I mean, J.J. Taylor got work in. in Brandon Bolton had a huge day. Yeah, in that game that I don't want to talk about. No, we won't. But who, would they, anyway, who would they play? I forgot. I, uh, they don't, they're not even a football team. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus. I'm happy I'm all the way in Utah, so I don't have to watch the Jets. I'm happy that I don't work at the fan anymore, so I don't have to get paid to watch the Jets be terrible. Fair. Fair. At least the Knicks are doing well. And the Rangers, surprisingly. Uh, we don't want to talk about last night with the Rangers, but the Knicks tonight? Ooh. 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 Love it. Let's go Knicks. We run this shit. We run right. this shit. But, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, Damien Harris is a fantastic sell high. Do it if you can. You have to be upgrading. Have to be upgrading because, I mean, he, I mean, let's face it, he's bucking the trend for Patriots running backs. He's becoming a very consistent fantasy option. Now, his ceiling and PPR is a little low because he's not going to get those receptions. And he probably is very touchdown dependent. But when they get close, they're giving him the opportunity to score. And he's scoring. So, yeah. Sell high for Damian Harris. But do I think that he's reliable? Yeah, I think he's very reliable. 
And I think you, you can get something, you could get something nice for him. It would be a good sell high. Uh, a buy, I'll give you one more buy low. If only we did I'll, this three weeks ago. And I could have just said Cordero Patterson and be done with it. True. True. You could have. And a buy low. I mean, I'm going to talk about him, I think, for the rest of time. He's kind of like my cam makers at this point. Uh, Javante Williams. Buy, 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 buy. Please. Because there's going to be a point where the Broncos are out of it. And they're going to need to see what they have with Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon on an expiring contract. So, please, Javante Williams, thank me later. And also, at some point, Melvin Gordon's going to be too injured to play because he's been he's just he's been hurt for the past couple of weeks. I just hope everyone who listens to this podcast thanks me again when I'm right on Javante Williams, just like I was right about Cam Akers. Yes. Um, are we good with this? You want to go? Yep. Why don't we start with the mailbag question just so we don't like step on anybody's toes with that. Sure. Sure. This comes from, let me see if I can have it here. This comes from Alex. Uh, We're going to say Alex is from, uh, we're going to say Alex is from Madrid, Spain. Okay. International podcast, international podcast. What, What do you want me to say? With the quarterback situation in Carolina right now, how concerned should you be about DJ Moore? Is he a buy low or is he a sell period? Well, considering this is a good question for us, considering that we traded for DJ Moore yep. and he has been okay to say the least. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or probably okay to say the most really. He's been fine. Because I mean, we had him for the Minnesota game and then at the Giants where he had 10.9 points and 13.3 points. So, like, I don't know. Um, am Very I concerned mad. about DJ Moore? Yeah, probably. Just because there is a lot of uncertainty and, you know, Sam Darnold is very inconsistent and he has been that way his entire career. There are days where he looks like Joe Willie Namath himself and there are days where he looks like Christian Hackenberg. Fair. So, you know, that's the kind of volatility you kind of expect when you have a Sam Darnold-led offense. And, I mean, it's the same thing with Robbie Anderson. We were considering, like, we started Robbie Anderson. We, we liked Robbie Anderson for the co-on. He was basically benched for most weeks until we traded him. It's true. He, I, I really don't understand it. You know, why Robbie Anderson was not involved more just because, I mean, Sam Donald can't say he was unfamiliar with Robbie Anderson and they played together in New York. Yeah. So, you know, that, that whole thing was just a mystery, a big, big mystery to me. Is more a buy or is buy low or is he a sell? I think honestly, you're not going to get fair value for DJ Moore right now. I I think he's he's a hold for for this moment in time. I mean, he has a great matchup this week against Atlanta. I would be rushing to play him against the Atlanta Falcons, but I don't know who his quarterback is going to be. So that's uh, that's definitely a um, an area of concern if you are a DJ Moore manager and you have to. Uh, figure out your lineups and you know what the situation kind of entails in terms of the Carolina Panthers. Again, I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. I don't see why it would be PJ Walker quite personally. 
but um, yeah, it definitely is a, a trying and tricky situation for anybody who, uh, who does happen to have DJ Moore on their, uh, on their fantasy rosters. Yes, because Carolina needs to figure out whether or not they need to give Sam Donald a contract for next year. So it doesn't really help them that it doesn't help them to bench Sam Donald to start PJ Walker. That is correct. Unless unless they have already made their mind up about Sam Donald, which hell, if they made their mind up about Sam Donald after week seven, then I guess that says a lot about how they feel about the uh, the deal that they uh, that they happen to make, but. I don't think that they've made their mind up about Sam. I just kind of think that, you know, they're going to give Sam another opportunity. It's a good matchup for him against Atlanta. And hopefully he, uh, hopefully he will deliver. But again, there is no, there is no sure thing when your name is Sam Donald, except for kissing pretty women, except for kissing pretty women that we know Sam does happen to do a lot. I will never escape. The pain of being a Jets fan. No. No, you won't. I have two guys. One for each category. Sure. Somebody that if you go on r slash fantasy football, like I do, uh, you see a lot of guys saying, man, why the fuck did I draft Calvin Ridley? (sighs) That's a threat. See, that's a tricky one with Ridley. That's a really, really, really tricky one because Ridley's talented. He's getting the reps. So that's just not, that's not a problem with him. I think better days are coming for Ridley. I do. Like, do you think he's a buy low? I think he's a buy low. Yeah. I don't think he's a sell. No, he's not. Sell high. He's a, he's a buy low. He's a hundred percent a buy low, but. I don't know what Calvin Ridley managers would deem acceptable in terms of what they would want to deal him. Because I still think that they know that Calvin Ridley is good. It's not, it's not like Calvin Ridley is out of the offense. It, it's not like Calvin Ridley is not being targeted. He's being targeted. It's just a matter of he just does not have any help but it's benefiting everybody else. You know, you're seeing Russell Gage. Russell Gage had a great week after missing, I believe, the last four or five. Uh, Kyle Pitts has been very, very good over the last couple of weeks. So everyone in that offense, Cordero Patterson, how can we forget about Cordero Patterson? So everyone in that offense is, is, is benefiting. It just seems like the only guy that really is not benefiting is Calvin Ridley as of yet. But did score against Miami, had double-digit targets yet again. It's just a matter of him bringing them in. So I think better days are most certainly ahead for Calvin Ridley. His schedule is not terrible the rest of the way. Fantasy playoffs at San Francisco, at home versus Detroit, then at Buffalo. Not bad for him. I think he's a great, great buy low right now. I really do. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of guys who were by lows and aren't, and this guy is not anymore, but I haven't talked to you since like in a week and a half. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to commend you on this, but predicting this stuff on Diggs breakout game. Thank you for that. Welcome. Thank you for your service. Saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. 
Um, a guy who's a sell high, who, I mean, he might, and honestly, you could probably group him in with Jamar Chase as guys that you can sell high on that might end up just keep, that might just keep doing this for the rest of the season. Mike Williams. I mean, yeah, he's a great, he's a great sell high. And you can get a lot for him too. I think both are great sell highs, frankly. Jamar Jamar Chase and Mike Williams. I mean, who do you, who do you think is a better chance of keeping it up? Williams or Chase? I think Jamar Chase. I agree. Because he's the definitive number one in that offense now. Yeah. Mike Williams will always have to contend with Keenan Allen. Yeah, I think I think it's more of like a one A one B now. Williams Probably. and Allen. I don't Probably. think that's like a number one or number two, where it's like Chase is the number one and then Higgins is the number two, Boyd's the number three. I think now it's like a one A one B between Keenan and Mike Williams. They're both going to get theirs. I think they'll they'll both be fine. The thing with Mike Williams is you have to worry about the injuries and does an injury bug come and get him me personally i think i think he's okay you know contract contract year he's been nothing short of terrific thus far except for two games two letdowns massive letdowns yeah against the raiders and the ravens right i mean but he's basically he's been a boom or a bust in every single game so i just kind of think you know you again you can get something real good for mike williams but the question is, you know, is it going to be better? Are, are you getting involved in something that's better than what the, what there is right now in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler? I don't know. Maybe you try and turn Mike Williams into Tyreek Hill. Maybe that's something that you could try and do. I don't know if you're going to have much success in that endeavor, but you can most certainly try it. I'll take sentences that sound that would sound like nonsense Five months ago for five hundred, Alex. Literally, literally, me telling me telling you that you could turn Mike Williams into Tyreek Hill potentially. Yeah, that's something that I just never thought I would ever ever hear. So, do you have any other guys here for either buy low or sell high? Uh the Cowboys guys are are still great. Uh, buy lows more so Amari Cooper than than Ceedee Lamb. I think Amari will have. We'll I've seen that one on Reddit have, a bunch of times. Yeah, that, that one's going to be just beaten with a dead horse over and over and over again. Uh, buy low on Amari Cooper. Um, I mean. What about your favorite receiver? Is he so high? Or our, mm-hmm. favorites, our favorite receiver? Who might that be? He plays for the 49ers. Oh, that guy? You're being facetious. Yeah. I thought you were saying I thought you were saying Devontae Adams. I thought you thought I was saying Corey Davis. No. No, I thought you were saying Devontae Adams because that that is my favorite receiver. Um get well soon. Yes, get well soon, Devontae King. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think Debo's a great sell high just because of the unknown with the quarterback position right now. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is confirmed. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, that's a disaster. But he 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 should be on waiver wire. He's worthless, but Debo, you don't know what the, who the quarterback is going to be week to week. So, yeah, I think that's a great sell high, a, a great one. Now, could he produce numbers Sunday against Chicago? Yeah, yeah, he should. The conditions are going to be better, so that's good. 
But yeah, it's a great sell high. Great sell high in, in, in Depot Samuel. Um, a buy low, another buy low that I can give um, Michael Thomas. He's coming back. Ooh, that's a good one. If there's a if there's a team that's treading water, yeah, go target Michael Thomas and and continue to hold. And then one more one more that I'll give a buy low. Someone that's coming back on Sunday has spent the last six weeks on IR. Jerry Judy, go buy low on him if you possibly can. Ooh, that's a good shout. That's a really good shout. Thank you very much, my my. Um, my cone, no, my 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 cone. I'm stupid. My um, my superflex team. There we go. I managed to pull that out. My superflex team is eagerly wait awaiting the return of Jerry Judy. Just as we lose Devontae Adams to the COVID reserve list, we get Jerry Judy back. So good stuff. There you go. There you go. But get well soon, King. Get well soon. We need you. Yeah. Um, I guess we could just move on to tight ends here. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could definitely, uh, move on to, to the tight end position. And, and actually this, uh, this mailbag question comes from, ironically, it comes from Zach, uh, Adam, where's Zach from? Damn it. I already used Provo, Utah. Fuck. Cause that would have been perfect for Never mind. Well, think of, think of a tight end where it could be a little ironic that his name is Zach. He's from uh, Glendale, Arizona. He might be from Glendale, Arizona. Zach says, what is Zach Ertz the rest of the season? Well, Mr. Ertz, let me tell you what you can think of yourself rest of season. Fair. (laughs) Um, I don't fucking know. Uh, (laughs) He's top 12 tight end. Yeah, I mean he's he's very good. He already scored. Yep, he did. That is the thing that he did. Yeah, he's he's a top he's, twelve tight end the rest of the season. He's in a really good offense. Um, he's honestly, it's like he's really shot up. You know, it's Hopkins, and then it's like whatever combination of Rondell Moore and AJ Green, and then it's Zach Ertz. I mean, that's just how it goes. Zach Ertz is going to be the ultimate safety blanket, plain and simple. That's that's going to be Kyler's safety blanket in the middle of the field. He could be he could be a guy that probably will command six seven targets a game. Very solid. He's a low end tight end one rest of the season. He'll be very steady and should see a lot of looks in the red zone. So, a very very good shout to be a um, a plug and play option at the tight end position for sure. Um, you want, you want to do buy lows or you want to do sell highs first? Uh, let's do buy lows. Uh, buy low. Dawson Knox going to be out a couple weeks with a broken hand. There were there are some reports that say that there is the potential that uh, he could have played versus Miami. Um, but as of right now, that he is not going to play week eight. But there's a good chance potentially that Dawson Knox could be back for the week nine matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if he comes back week nine versus the Jags, oh my Lanta. The Jags just bleed points to the tight end position. Do what you need to do to go to Dawson Knox right now. And you could thank me later. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. I mean, hmm. As far as by lows, I think Tyler Higby 
could be a buy low. I think it's a very good buy low. I just don't know. He hasn't had like a great ceiling. Like he hasn't had the ceiling that you'd expect from somebody who is the sole guy as far as tight ends are concerned in the Rams offense. You know, we thought that with Gerald Everett leaving to go to Seattle, that Higby was going to be like this monster, this machine. And we thought that Gerald Everett was holding him back. But I mean, he's been in single digits in all but two weeks in PPR. So like, I don't know if he's really worth the buy low. If there's ever a week where he is worth the buy low, this is it. Going up against Houston, the bleed points to the tight end position. This yeah. is the week. This is the it's like a make or break sort of week for for Higby. I know, I know that's kind of where I'm at with Higby in the uh, in the co-op, Where if he can't if he can't have a week this week, then we have to uh, we have to consider going after another tight end. Yeah, tight ends are hard for this sort of thing. No, they are because they all they all quite frankly blow. Um, a buy low for this week, especially given the lack of options that are just seemingly arising in this offense. It's Robert Tunyon. He could be in for a monster day, just receptions target wise versus Arizona. Granted, Arizona are the best team in football in terms of covering the tight end position. But it all comes down to who else is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to throw to. And plus, do you want to hinge that? You know, I know that you don't like Thursday night games. Nope. For this sort I don't. Of thing. No. So no, sir. You factor that in too. <laughs> yeah, no. Thursday night, Thursday night is a no go for me. But I mean, if you're struggling at the tight end spot and he's available on waivers, or if, uh, you know, you see a team that really doesn't start him and you could get him for a cheap price, yeah, might be worth it. Yeah, I mean, he's owned in 60.7% of leagues, so you might be able to find him. He's actually available in the co-own. Hey, Bird, would you like to put in a bid for Robert Tunyon? We might have to. We might have to. We have to to do that after after the program, and then uh, we'll notify everyone uh, about what we do uh, later in the week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, as far as sell highs, I mean, Travis Kelsey after Monday night. I did it today. Really? Yep. I got basically in this keeper league now that I that I'm in. The team is terrible, and I got rid of Austin Eckler today for basically a third round pick and a sixth round pick, and then I got rid of Kelsey for a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. So I'm looking at now six picks in the top four rounds for next year. Okay. Well, I mean, he could really, he could really go off against the Giants this he Monday. Could. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I mean, but at the same time, we've been we've been calling for this get right game for Kansas City and for this offense, and it just has not happened. And now you have to worry about the health of Patrick Mahomes and what does he look like. So. It, it, it definitely is very, very, very concerning. But, yes, obviously it is Travis Kelsey. He's a freak. You, you need to go ahead and fire him up. And, again, he if he goes off, you trade him. Yeah. Honestly, I wish – well, I mean, for the sake of my team, 
I wish that uh, TJ Hawkinson didn't uh, kind of turn it around a little bit. But before, like three weeks ago, before his game against Cincinnati, I would have easily said that Hawkinson would be a buy low. Easily. Yeah. I mean, only two touchdowns this year. Like, seriously. It's true. it's, It's not great. It's true. It is true. I think another buy low too, uh, coming off of the buy, kind of gets lost in uh, in this offense that is just a very very high powered offense. It's Dalton Schultz. He's been quietly terrific. He has at least five catches in every game this year, minus one. I mean, I could tell you right now the reason why I was able to trade Travis Kelsey and be comfortable with it. Was I, I don't even know how I'd say comfortable with it because I knew I knew my team wasn't that good and it's just time to sell and get assets for for next year. But in terms of replacing Travis Kelsey, I replaced him with two guys that we talked about tonight. I replaced I had Dalton Schultz and I had Dawson Knox both on my bench, so I could just kind of play the tight end game with both of them for for the rest of the year. And I'm, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable at the tight end spot. And I got a fourth round pick for uh, for Kelsey to boot. So. Obviously, it's it's different if you're if you're in redraft and you're trying to you know maybe salvage a season. But and obviously, you can get a lot more for Travis Kelsey. Like I think if you can get a you can get a low end RB one or a low end wide receiver one for Kelsey straight up. Yeah, you obviously do that. But again, you need to be able to see what tight end options are there because if you trade Travis Kelsey, guess what? You're not getting anything better at the tight end position. You have to have backup options. You need to have a plan there, and. I think it all comes down to what would your plan B be necessarily if uh, if you do go ahead and trade uh, Kelsey. You need to have that uh, in your back pocket. Absolutely. Um, I think that also just running theme for the episode is trading players that – trading from a surplus to help a position of need. If you Bingo. were smart on the waivers and listened to us – Mm-hmm. And picked up guys like Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, Robert Tunyon, even um, Zach Ertz when he got traded. Um, even Tyler Higby, if you saw him on waiver somewhere and you drafted Kyle Pitts thinking that he was going to be the next big thing. And you didn't yeah. listen to us on Kyle Pitts and congratulations. You've been proven right out of the last couple of weeks. Yes. But now you can, now is the time to trade him for something that can help your team like in another position on your team is what I mean. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And Kelsey, the other options. And we've talked about Kelsey. Kelsey's the white whale at the tight end position. He does everything, but again, you know, it, it, it does come out of cost. Like I, I've said this a thousand times and Adam, you know, you're going to tell me that I sound like a broken record, but I say this all the time. When you take Travis Kelsey, you do draft feeling like you're behind. You do. And well, it was you, proven in when we did the mock for Travis Kelsey, where we picked him in like ninth overall. Absolutely. And we just felt like we were playing catch up. Yep. Yep. And, and, and honestly, I mean, I've drafted Travis Kelsey a couple times. And the couple times that I have drafted him, the teams have not been good. And I've been left having to try and trade Travis Kelsey or riding it out and, you know, barely making playoffs or not making playoffs. And, you know, it's kind of the the nature of the beast that you get, you kind of get there. So 
you know, you, you just need to be supplementing your team with, with pieces. If you are going ahead, uh, going ahead and trying to trade Travis Kelsey, that's just nature of the beast. But right now his value is, 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 is not probably where it should be. So I don't know if, if what you would get for Kelsey in a trade right now is super fair, I guess, in the mind of someone that, you know, you took Travis Kelsey in the second round. Do you think you're getting second round value for Travis Kelsey right now? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, it, I love your spiel and everything about Travis Kelsey, but I was talking about Kyle Pitts. Oh, you're talking, about Kyle, you're talking about Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. Forgot about that. Yeah. It's, it's 1130. I'm tired. Um, yes. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. We, we were proven wrong. Fuck. No. Well that, and like, tra- well, Kyle Pitts, you can probably replace not to the same extent, but you can, yeah, yeah, but you you could probably yeah. also get away. I think I think Kyle Pitts and Kelsey are are kind of similar. Not necessarily like uh, Kelsey is obviously white whale, but with Pitts, you could sell him off of name value for sure because everybody knows who Kyle Pitts is. So you could probably sell him off of off of name value and get, and get something half decent. Like I think I think this is crazy for me to say, given you know my my overall thoughts about Kyle Pitts in the past, but. I kind of see Kyle Pitts as maybe right now the second most valuable tight end in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, listen, you might not like Kyle Pitts, but you can use other people's like of Kyle Pitts to your advantage. And that's, and that's really the whole point of fantasy is to you, you know, utilize other people's interests against them in trades and things like that. Correct. Correct. And just for the record, it's not that I, I didn't like Kyle Pitts, the player. It was that I didn't like Kyle Pitts where he was being drafted. Just want to point, just wanted to point that out. Okay. Well, I think that, yeah, I was hoping. Well, if you had listened to previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts, then you would know that we just don't like where uh, Kyle Pitts is going. And the same thing with a lot of the players that we talk about that we don't, that we quote unquote don't like. T. Higgins, Saquon Barkley. Saquon, yeah. Patrick Holmes. Apparently, apparently there was a, there was a thing where uh, we were an anti Patrick Mahomes podcast because we didn't like that he was being drafted in the third round. That was a so, thing. That was a thing. Yeah. Who started that? Just, um, he so, were he were anonymous. Okay. But he he is listening to this podcast. He knows who he is. <laughs> he knows who he is. TB, you know who you are. TB. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yes. Terry Bradshaw. Yes. Tuberculosis. Yes. Okay. Yes. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this episode was, um, was a little, a a, a different episode. I think in terms of just trying to change up the uh, the content a little bit and uh, we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming uh, later in the week with the, uh, with the preview show. And yeah, I think the next time we'll talk to you, it'll be after Thursday night. So enjoy Thursday night or whatever the hell this game is going to be Thursday because oof, it was good for a brief second. For a brief second, we were finally getting a good Thursday night game. And then the Thursday night curse struck again. Yeah. Well, don't look now, but next, the week after, it's not going to be great either. What's the game? You don't want to know. It's the one that. It's the Jets' only primetime game this year. Is it the Jets and the Colts? Mm-hmm. Pick up the Colts' defense right now if you can. 
Oh, that game's going to suck. Oh, Mike White, suck. baby. Or hopefully Joe Flacco at that point. Could be Joe Flacco, but this but starting starting on Sunday, so Mike White, former Cowboys draft pick. Yeah, but he never did anything with the Cowboys. He threw nope. his first touchdown pass to Corey Davis. The best receiver in the National Football League, Corey Davis. Great guy. Great, great guy. By love him. Love him. King. Icon. Legend. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.